0: 10 is on the daily sports talk show. Nuñez now. Watch the show statewide on SWX Montana Television. What's up, everybody? Welcome in. New is Now, ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television. No ESPN MT app today. Grizz Hockey, a little makeup game action. They're on the road. Uh, Jeff Safford taking the app on the road, as it were. So you can find Grizz Hockey uh, tomorrow. Uh, is it afternoon, Andrew? Is that what we're doing for uh, Grizz Hockey? Uh, they had a, a game that was supposed to be played in Bozeman last weekend against Wilson State. It, it was un, unable to happen, so now they are playing a, a makeup game tomorrow leading into uh, this show. So you can check out Grizzaki on the ESPNMT app. And then we'll be back on the app whenever Jeff Saver back uh, in the Garden City here. It's a rivalry week. It's actually kind of interesting how when football lingers, linger is not the right word, when football is in the forefront, when football is under the spotlight, when football is still going for Big Sky Conference teams, especially Big Sky Conference teams from Montana. Basketball sort of takes a backseat, and sometimes when these rivalry weekends are right on the heels of national championship game appearances, this happened in 2021 when the Cats went to the national championship. The Sunday of the national championship weekend was the the rivalry games between the basketball teams. So that was like the first uh, Bobcat Grizz basketball series that i had missed in years and years and years because i was still making my way back from frisco now this year it's not a conflicting weekend we've been a we're a couple weeks out since when the grizz play the national championship but it does seem like maybe it's altered the hype a little bit that said we got all sorts of stuff to talk about today and throughout the rest of the week to get you all hyped up so we will uh, first of all Talk a little bit about the portal. Lots of portaling going on, including a new quarterback for the Grizzlies. The portal giveth. The portal taketh away. Montana lost to McDowell last Monday. This, uh, I guess, Monday night slash Tuesday morning, they get Logan Fife, a transfer from Fresno State. We'll hash this out. I mean, everybody always asks me as soon as transfers hit, is this guy good? What, what do we know about this guy? Like I always say, it's always to be determined. That seems maybe like a, a cop-out and or like an overly pragmatic answer. But if a guy is transferring from an FBS school, it's almost unquestionable that he's talented. But that's only one little part of the equation. So we'll talk about that. The Grizz also added a transfer running back from Arizona, transfer defensive end from Youngstown State, a transfer linebacker from San Diego State, a transfer defensive tackle from Monmouth. So Montana certainly hitting the portal super hard. I think there's also a conversation to be had there about how even though the portal, as we always say, giveth and taketh away, the Grizz have taketh from the portal way more than they've giveth to the portal. I think there's a certain element there in terms of uh, guys like being in Missoula. They like playing for the Grizz. They like playing at Washington Grizzly Stadium. It's not uh, completely uh, different than how it is in Bozeman, but Montana State's had a few more guys enter, although they have done pretty darn good in the portal bringing guys in, uh, as have the Grizz. I think that's a testament to... Just the allure of the prestige of and the great experience that is provided by both the Grizz and the Bobcats on the gridiron. So we'll give you a recruiting update right off the top. We also rolled all the way football heavy yesterday. Didn't tell you anything about what happened in the, the wet basketball weekend that was. We, uh, we saw a couple good ones on Thursday. A great performance individually by St. Thomas here in Missoula on Thursday to lead Northern Colorado back over the Grizz men's basketball team. That same Northern Colorado team was held in check a little bit, and Montana State posted a nice win over them on Saturday. So we'll give you an update on everything that went down for both the men's and women's teams for both Montana and Montana State. We'll give you a first look at this Cat Grizz doubleheader that's coming up in Bozeman on Saturday. The women play at 2, the men play at 7. So we'll give you some thoughts on uh, all four of the teams that will engage in this rivalry. We also got a prep hoops update, some of the the top matchups from each of the classifications that played out uh, over the weekend. We also have um, some fun news. We have been working on the um, well, the Class AA state tournament is coming here in in March. That's the first time in twenty plus years that it's been in Missoula. So we. Uh, figured mine, why, why not just promote this thing and, and pump it up and tell you about all the various ins and outs and storylines and things like that headed into this Class AA tournament. So we'll just talk broadly about what all of this means today, and then we'll have Class AA spotlights a couple times a week, highlighting players, coaches, and all the above leading up to that tournament. We're also working on perhaps garnering the broadcast rights for the tournament. Hopefully uh, that comes to fruition, something uh one of the many things I have on my uh, all-too-full plate to try to figure out, but uh, we'll certainly do our best for that, and hopefully that comes to fruition. We, we also have our Treasure State Stars, some of the best individu- individual performances from across the state of Montana uh, from the week that was. Hour number two, this is fun. A familiar name, a familiar face, a familiar guest, but somebody that hasn't joined us in quite some time. Danny Sprinkle, former Montana State head men's basketball coach, It was sort of a whirlwind. He left Montana State. He got the job at Utah State. I have kept up with Sprinkle. I I mean, we have some mutual friends, and and he's just an all-around good guy, and he's also very interested in maintaining his Montana roots. He's from Helena. played at Montana State, coached at MSU, He's an all-around just great guy, but he's done a heck of a job at Utah State. So I've been texting with him saying, hey, you should come on the show sometime. We haven't got him on the record, though, since he took the Utah State job. So we have an interview with Coach Sprinkle that I performed um, earlier today. And we talked not only about his team's 16-1 start, his team's number 16 ranking, their matchup tonight against New Mexico at the pit, which should be a really good one. If you want to watch it, 830 on FS1. But also he talked about just what that process was like, what the decision was like. You're always torn if you're leaving a place where you've had great success and you've experienced great growth and you've experienced great love and adoration. Sprinkle had all of that at Montana State. I think it's even accentuated, though, when it's a part of you. I mean, Sprinkle played at MSU. He's from Montana. His family's still in Montana. So I think it is even a more difficult decision. Certainly, the opportunity at Utah State's a tremendous one. Utah State's a perennial NCAA tournament contender. They have some of the great mid-major tradition, you know, in all of of college basketball. And it's a place where you—I mean—when's the next time a Big Sky conference team is going to be in the top twenty-five? I just—I don't think thats uh don't think that's going to happen. <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe it's on the horizon someday, but. The, the, the upward potential is is greater, grander at uh, Utah State. So we caught up with Danny Sprinkle. We'll play that interview for you uh, in the second hour. We also have our Grizz Star of the Week with Danny Bark. She's a Helena Capital product, one of the top players on the Lady Grizz. And so we'll get uh, some of the players' insight on this uh, rivalry matchup that's coming up. So there you go. That's your show outlook here uh, on to On Us Now. As I mentioned, you can stream the show, 1029ESPN.com. Click on Listen Live, and you'll find the stream. You can also use SWX Montana Television, but no ESPN MT app today. We will be back on the app uh, in short order. And if you want to be a part of the show, uh, you certainly can. 406-888-1029. That's 888 Epic Monday happening at Lost Trail. I know it's a Tuesday here today. By the way, it's a Tag Tuesday, so we got Taglieri coming up for you as well. Just got a whole new whole new set of gift cards uh, down there at Tag. So we'll be giving you a tag for the foreseeable future every single Tuesday here on Nuanas now. But epic Mondays are happening at Lost Trail through the month of January. So we're about halfway through January, so you got about a couple more weeks uh, to get this in. And, and if, I don't know if you noticed, but winter's finally here. It's been snowing. Uh, It seemed like we weren't going to get any snow, but now we got a ton of snow, and they've been getting a ton up at Lost Trail. Epic Mondays uh, through the end of January. You can ski a full day at half price on Mondays. Less people on the slopes, same great conditions. You can tune in every Tuesday and Thursday here on Nuanas Now for your chance to win Epic Monday tickets. For more up-to-date ski conditions and details on Epic Monday, go to LostTrail.com. Lost Trail, go for the snow. If you want an Epic Monday uh, entry, just text us about skiing, 406-888-1029. That's 888-1029. Text us, Epic Monday or Lost Trail or go for the snow or I want to go skiing, anything relating to uh, hitting the slopes, do it. 406-888-1029. Any and all text will get you entered in to win lift tickets for Epic Mondays, which are going on through the end of the month up at Lost Trail. Lost Trail, go for the snow last night after we finished up the show, we went and watched Monday Night Football down at the Desperado. That was fun, I always love hanging out at the Despo. Uh, it was not so fun for our resident Eagles fan, though. Andrew Houghton, big time Eagles guy, and uh, watching the uh, is demise too much of a a strong word? I don't know. I, I thought I was on this is so funny because on Sundays. Uh, sometimes Andrew and I get together to watch football. Other times we're just texting, but I was watching the Eagles more often than pretty much every team in the league this year, mostly because I think they're really good. I mean, I, I'm a big line guy. I am a big offensive and defensive line guy. I think the that the Eagles, at least on paper and at least in the, in the previous short history, you know, last couple of years, they've been great on the fronts. So I've had an affinity for them. Jason Kelsey, love him. Great, great player. One of my favorite centers, um, Love watching him play. I'm a big Jalen Hurts fan. I think he's an awesome leader. But there's something going on there in Philadelphia. But throughout the season, I would be texting Andrew you know, about the various results for the Eagles. And he tried to tell me from like week seven on, dude, the Eagles aren't good. They're just figuring out a way to win, but they're not good. Well, then that came to a resounding truth when then the Eagles... Stopped winning close games, and they started just losing all of the games. And now, as 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 the dust settles, the team that was ten and one finishes as eleven at seven because they lose six out of their last seven games, including getting absolutely demolished by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers last night uh, on Monday Night Football in the playoffs. I mean. I'm sure it's not much solace for you, but you were right. The Eagles just really weren't that good this year, and, and but they, they fell apart to the level that it was like kind of crazy down the stretch.
1: Yeah, that was not the demise of the Eagles last night, Colter. That happened like a month and a half ago. They've just been the walking dead since then. I mean, I, and and I guess they were finally stabbed in the heart last night by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. A couple things here. I'm going to try to take off my Eagles fan hat here and put on my actual football analyst hat. Because if I don't do that, I just, it, what I, last night was disappointing. It was embarrassing. Uh, it was, it was really, really difficult to watch for anybody with even the slightest affinity for that team. I mean, they couldn't tackle multiple of the Bucks' touchdowns. Couldn't
0: and wouldn't. Th- those two things both, they fundamentally could not perform tackling, but also seemed to not they have the desire to. to tackle. Yeah. That's that's crazy. That's like one-of-a-kind stuff in the NFL. Like in college, you see kids quit because they're kids. Right. And, and like there's all sorts of things. And in college, you might have a matchup where you have a top 10 team playing a bottom 100 team. This is the NFL playoffs. Like these are two of the top 12 teams in the league. These are supposed to be two of the you know highest spirited. The effort was the part that was like... What's what's going on? Like I've never actually I can't really recall another game in which I saw as poor of tackling as the Philadelphia Eagles performed last night. Certainly not in the playoffs. So from an Eagles fan perspective, all I have to say
1: about it is that it was disappointing, it was embarrassing. I really did not have a good time watching that game and frankly I'm pretty happy the season's over. From a football analyst perspective, I think there's some interesting stuff going on with this team and I don't really know I've struggled to say why they fell off a cliff so much, but I thought about it and thought about it because the personnel is in large part the same. They had some injuries down the back half of the season, yeah, but it, it wasn't it wasn't crazy or anything, and the scheme, just watching it from week to week, it's difficult for me to tell if there's a big change here that caused uh, that fall off the cliff. But thinking and thinking about it, I think it comes down to a lot of kind of interesting things. Number one is that... Team wasn't as good as ten and one when they were ten and one. That's right. They were winning close games. That's right. They were they were winning close games against good teams to be sure. But people were saying, you know, this is a good team because they're ten and one. They're beating good teams. <laughs> the reason I was texting you that the Eagles aren't that good is because they were they were taking these games down to the wire. They were and not looking that good doing it and somehow still winning. So you got you got a team that's not very good in the first place. You got an old team.
0: Yep. That's what I think. I think that there's several factors here. One, it's so hard to say I know definitively that these guys are washed up. But the thing that I would say is that other than the tush push, other than the brotherly shove... The Eagles couldn't run the ball this year. Correct. They ran the ball down the Vikings' throats in like week three on Monday Night Football, but like congratulations, so did everybody else in the NFL. Like me and you are in the same boat where you had teams with completely inflated records. By the end of the year, the Eagles and the Vikings are like two of the six worst teams in the entire NFL. Like we were talking last night. Who could the Eagles in the NFL actually beat right now? Well, the Vikings are one of them. And that's a that's a sad truth. But I digress. The the point is When your team is built off of the lines, and make no mistake, that's what the Eagles are supposed to be. They're supposed to have one of the best offensive lines in football. They're supposed to have the best defensive front in football. Well, when you can't run the ball on offense and you can't get after the passer on defense, that's pretty indicative of maybe some of these household names Just being a little long in the tooth. And that's exactly what you saw. I mean, Jason Kelsey retired after the game last night. I would not be surprised if we see guys like Fletcher Cox and Brandon Graham follow suit. Sometimes just because you know the names. The... The cliff you fall off of as a guy that plays in the trenches is very, very steep. Like, it can happen in the span of a month or two. And it's and not surprising that
1: it happens in the middle of the season, right? Yeah. It's a long season in the NFL. That's what everybody talks about. These guys are old. They look great then in the beginning of the season. Not surprising to see them fall off the cliff, like you said, in the middle of the season. So we've got a team that probably wasn't as good as everybody thought. We have an old team that suffered through, I think, the decline in some of their players' play, as well as there were some injuries in the middle of the season. Jalen Carter, the great de- rookie defensive tackle from Georgia, got hurt. Dallas Goddard was out for several weeks. Even Jalen Hurts was playing was playing injured uh, in this game against Tampa Bay. So you got that, and then the thing that really sent him off the cliff, those two things combined, and then to try to stop that, they make the panic move, and they put Matt Patricia at defensive coordinator. And the combo of all three of those things, uh, several of which were not self-inflicted, but the last yeah. fatal blow was self-inflicted. That defense was awful, man, and it's been awful for the last month and a half. It was bad. It was bad before they put Patricia in there for a couple weeks, but what, then
0: you do that, I think. I think you just lose all hope. I think that they just completely lost motivation. I think that the coaches lost the ability to motivate the team. More on the Eagles later on. Because I had spirited conversations about Philadelphia. You sure We're, we got to talk about them anymore? <laughs> you don't. You're off the hook. Uh, Brooks Noanas and I recorded earlier today, my brother and our uh, NFL guy when it comes to all football all the time, talking NFL playoffs and betting lines. We'll play that for you on Thursday. So um, but he he had some interesting thoughts just about all of this, as well as uh, some of the other teams like Dallas, some of the teams that sort of fell flat. Uh, on their face. a no good part of my weekend, by the way, was that <laughs> Dallas Cowboys game. I think there was very many people reveling in the fact that the uh, the Cowboys... I was having like a crazy crisis because I was like, well, I really like the Packers, not in in organizational uh, standpoint, but... Jordan Love's really fun to watch. And Christian Watson and Tucker Crafter, are FCS guys. And, oh, my gosh, what's going on? But it was fun watching them just pound the Cowboys. So I was now ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. Uh, in the words of Bobby Houk, let's go back to front on this. We'll give you all the news briefs and then come back to the one I want to analyze. So here's what's gone down here in the transfer portal in the last couple of weeks. As we've known, uh, Montana State, they lost a, a – sort of a, a run of players there right after their football season ended. Headlined by Sebastian Valdez, the outstanding defensive tackle, multiple-time all-league player going to the University of Washington. Rush Reimer, an outstanding offensive lineman going to Cal. Omar on an outstanding offensive lineman going to Baylor. Now that the dust has settled on that, the Cats added a couple guys that I think, uh, you know, it's, it's hard to say that they're going to, It's going to be a linear trade. I can actually almost tell you for sure that it's not going to be. But they did shore up at least some some roster spots at the very least, maybe some depth spots. And if these guys fulfill their potential, maybe uh, they can be big-time contributors. But Samora Ezekiel is a North Texas transfer offensive lineman. They recruited – Montese recruited him out of high school, and uh, then he he made his way back to MSU. So that's sort of a group of five FBS guy. The Cats have – Actually, quite a bit of talent coming back on the offensive line, even though they lost those guys to the portal. Justice Perkins will be a four-year starter at center by the time next year rolls around. MSU's two starting guards in 2022 were J.T. Reed and Cole Sane. Both those guys missed most, of, if not all, of last year with injuries. Marcus Ware is the the highest-graded offensive lineman on that team and was a first-team All-League, a first-team All-American guy at right tackle. He's back. And then Rush Reimer, when he was the All-American left tackle, he moved to left guard. He was All-American there as well. But he got bumped because Connor Moore was ready to roll. So Montana State actually has quite a bit of uh, talent coming back on the offensive front, even though they lose two of the most talented guys in the league uh, among offensive linemen. Uh, But we'll see if uh, Samora Ezekiel can also find his way into the mix. I think at the very least he'll probably be a depth guy and maybe he could be a guy that fortifies the ranks. On the defensive front for the Cats, they added Washington State transfer defensive lineman, defensive lineman, excuse me, Alec Eckert. Uh, he's the third transfer addition that they've announced. They they added, uh, on early signing day, they added um, main tight end, Rohan Jones. So they're addressing some of this. They graduated two tight ends, Derek Snell and Trayton Pickering. They bring in a tight end in Rohan Jones. They lose Sebastian Valdez. They bring in a veteran defensive lineman in Alex Eckert from the Pac-12. And uh, then they lose those offensive linemen. They bring in uh, offensive line For the for the Grizz, they've added a whole bunch. They added Patrick Hayden, who's a defensive tackle from Monmouth. So that's an FCS to FCS transfer. I have no idea how to project those, right? Like if you're coming, I think there's like this this preconceived notion that if you're dropping down, quote unquote, from a Power Five, that you're going to have at least adequate, if not like great, talent coming to the Big Sky Conference level. Well, has been pretty good uh, in recent years. They, they've actually been pretty good. They've they made the playoffs a couple times, but I just don't know how that translates. But at the end of the day, I think the Grizz just they need they need bodies on that defensive front. It, the lines are always going to be like that, right? The Grizz just need to fortify those. But Patrick Haynes, a defensive tackle for Monmouth. And then Anders Lairman is a defensive end from Youngstown State. So two sort of FCS to FCS transfers coming in. Now, the Grizz have had good success in that element. Uh, recently, Cannon Panfloff, who came from, from Dixie State, uh, AKA Utah Tech, before this season, he was sort of a, I thought he was actually a really underrated but very key part of Montana's success this year because Panfilov could play guard and tackle. So they rotated on the offensive line, especially at those guard spots, quite a bit. So when Liam Brown went down, Panfilov's in. You know, they had some other guys get banged up. Hunter McGinnis, I mean, he was sort of absent for the whole second half of the season. Pamphiloff was able to, to play some snaps on the other guard spot. Anytime Chris Walker or Brandon Casey needed a, a, a stint or a series off, Pamphiloff could go in there, mostly at right tackle. Um, so they've had some success with the, the FCS to FCS transfers. The FBS guys that they've gotten so far, Va'i e. Callejo, who's a linebacker from San Diego State, uh, this kid um, was slanted as a starter there at San Diego State, so I think he'll be pretty good. And, of course, you lose... Uh, a trio of, of really prolific tacklers there at linebacker for the Grizz. Braxton Hill, Levi Janikaro, and Tyler Flink. You do have Riley Wilson coming back. You do have Ryan Tyrrell coming back. And uh, Carson Rostad's seems like he's in that mold of, of you know, Montana-made Grizz linebackers who cut their teeth on special teams and, and then they get a shot. So we'll see if he can sort of round into form. But either way, fortifying the linebacker ranks, unsurprising there. But then the two that people are going to be talking about quite a bit, are Stevie Rocker, who's a transfer from Arizona. A guy who didn't play much last year, but he did play quite a bit two years ago there for the Wildcats. Interesting because Montana has some really good talent coming back at at running back, headlined by Eli Gilman, the National Freshman of the Year at the FCS level, but also uh, fortified by Xavier Harris, who didn't get a ton of touches this year, but when he did, I thought he was actually excellent. And then Isaiah Childs is still there, uh, for depth as well. Uh, so that's an interesting one. And then we come back to the beginning, and this is the one I sort of want to hash out. and that's the addition of Logan Fife. So it's a two-part conversation. First of all, just about sort of the, the, the quarterback carousel that exists in the transfer world. So the Grizz lose Clifton McDowell about a week ago. so he's on the open market. In the meantime, Logan Fife had planned on transferring from Fresno State to Minnesota. But then Max Brosmer, who was a finalist for the Walter Payton Award at New Hampshire, one of the nation's leading passers, he transfers into Minnesota. So then Fife says, nope, don't want to go to Minneapolis. Uh, I'm back on the open market. Came to Missoula this last weekend. Obviously liked it. Committed today. So, Andrew, I guess the the two parts of this conversation is, first of all, just uh, how dizzying it is. One quarterback goes here and one quarterback goes there. It's just like dominoes, dominoes, dominoes. And then we'll get to the second part of the conversation, which is where does this fit in with the quarterback competition with Clinton McDowell on his way out? But uh, it's just sort of crazy to try to to track it all. It's, it's kind of like, well, we lost one guy, but there's always going to be another guy. There's always going to be a guy in the portal you can go get. Yeah, it, that's
1: really been the case these last several years. And you see it everywhere right I mean even when I was down covering Idaho State they're able to go get a Tyler Vanderwall dropping down from the FBS they could go get a guy like that every year right and then, then Tyler Vanderwall makes another couple stops in his career because he was at Northwestern State right, right. Uh, it's, it's really interesting of course it's different for the quarterbacks because not only is, you're only going to be playing one quarterback at a time. These are guys who have been accustomed to being the guy at whatever program they're at, right? That's not right. only uh, not only a starter, but a leader and uh, uh, almost a celebrity in a way that a lot of other positions don't expect. So you can understand why a guy like Logan Fife sees some competition coming in at Minnesota he's like okay, I'll just hit the transfer portal again. Uh, I don't, I don't really blame him for doing that. You find a place where you can be the guy, that's super important for quarterbacks. So that's number 1. Number 2, yeah, we knew this was going to happen. Right? <laughs> maybe not maybe not Fife. We said it yesterday on the show they're going to bring in a transfer quarterback to compete with E yacht and, and to compete with Sam Vidlak too, right? Yep. To compete with everybody who's there. That's the way that Montana operates. That's the way that Montana has operated for years and years and years under Bobby Hauk. Uh We will see what this new guy looks like, but we knew that there was going to be a a guy. There might even be another guy coming in, Uh, but you knew, you knew that it was a priority, especially when Clifton McDowell hit the transfer portal. I'm not surprised they got it done so quickly. And I'm not surprised that, that, you know, this is the guy either. He's, he's played. He's been in a good FBS program for, for several years. He's gotten to play a fair amount, a decent amount. He's been the backup for three years. Um, we don't know what he's going to be until we see him on the field. But you're talking about dipping into the transfer portal and getting a guy. This is the kind of profile of guy that you would expect them to get.
0: I was so interested if they were going to go get a like a surefire. This dude is way more prestigious and way more accomplished and a higher level recruit than Ayat. Or if they were going to go get a sort of a a comparable type guy, or if they were going to go get a guy that's just like a depth guy to push him. I don't know what category this falls under. The only thing I could say is that Fresno State has perennially had very good quarterbacks. Very good quarterbacks. I mean, there's been very good quarterbacks that have come out of Fresno State. Um, Jeff Tedford, who's in his second stint now there at Fresno, he's also had some great quarterbacks throughout his coaching career. He's sort of a guru, right? I mean, he coached... Um, Aaron Rodgers, I think he coached Jared Goff at the front end of his career, and then Sonny Dykes finished out the the Jared Goff era there at Cal. But I mean, that's a couple number. Or I guess Aaron Rodgers wasn't the number one pick, even though he should have been. But either way, I mean, you're talking Jeff Tedford knows how to coach quarterbacks too. So I don't know. It's, it's just there's just a lot of intrigue to this. But I've gotten so many texts: Is this guy good? The answer to everybody out there is: I have no idea. I think is he talented? Yes. I don't think there's guys that are getting Division one scholarships. Really, I mean that's actually not true. I've seen a couple guys in my career that have been not good enough to be Division One quarterbacks. But by and large, most guys that are Division One recruits that are getting full ride scholarships at the FBS or FCS level are very talented. I I can guarantee you he's a, he's a good athlete. He can throw the ball real well. <laughs> right, that's right. It's just a matter of how do you how do you fit in, right? I mean, you know, not to pile on the guy, but like Sam like throws the ball excellent. You go watch practice. Sam Vidlac's great. Chris Brown, great. And both those guys were uh, adequate at times and uh, not adequate at times as the starter. Honestly, if you went to watch Grizz practice this last year and you watched all the quarterbacks throwing, the guy who went 11 and one as the starters, the guy who throws the ball the worst. Yep. <laughs> so obviously there's, there's, the worst. I mean, anybody walking right. by practice could tell you. Right, that. that's right. But there's a lot more that goes into it, especially at the collegiate level when it comes to playing quarterback. Yep that'll be that'll be interesting. That's all what it's about. Last thing on this
1: uh, topic, I'm just scrolling Twitter here, and here's one for you. Uh, again, just sort of the nature of this carousel here. You remember Bronson Barron from from Weber State? Of course.
0: Where did he ever end up? Anywhere? He
1: ended up at Western Kentucky huh. for last season, right. but he announced it last week, actually, and this is the first time I've seen of it. He's transferring back west. He's he's
0: transferring to southern Utah Man. for this season. And Clifton McDowell's going on a visit to, Western, to Kentucky. Western Kentucky. Still no confirmation that McDowell actually even has an offer for Western Kentucky, but he's going on a visit, so we'll see. It's wild, thing. isn't it? it? I mean, the, the twisted web we wee when it comes to quarterbacks at the Division I level. So it's Nuwana's now, ESPN Radio. I told you we were going to stop letting football overshadow basketball, and then we did half an hour on football to lead the show, but we still got plenty of basketball coming up. Plus, we got some uh, high school hoops and uh, our Treasure State Stars as well, and we got a free tag of the area all before the end of this first hour. Tag Tuesday and a whole bunch of hoops at all levels next. Keep it right here, Nuwana's now. ESPN Radio. So it's now ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app, except for no app today. Get it in your life, though. It's a great way to follow along. Grizz hockey, Grizz lacrosse, and of course, this show, live and or archived. It's available on all of your various mobile uh, devices. Here's a scoreboard from over the weekend from the Big Sky Conference teams from the state of Montana. Uh, We gave you all the Thursday updates on Friday, but from Saturday's uh, games... Montana State's men, they had a nice win over Northern Colorado after UNC won in Missoula on Thursday. So the Cats sweep the weekend, and they're 3-1 in league play. Montana, they bounce back from that 98-92 overtime loss to UNC by dropping 90 themselves and almost double it up. Northern Arizona, 90-47, the Grizz win uh, going away. I think Travis DeKear sent a message to his team on Friday, and I think the message was was received. So uh, certainly, and also a little bit of element of revenge as well, because the Grizz uh, had lost to Northern Arizona in the conference tournament a year ago. So um, Montana gets back uh, at the Lumberjacks on the women's side of things. The Lady Grizz played a great first half and a terrible second half Thursday uh, at Northern Colorado. Let that one completely slip away. But then again, I think message sent, message received. They had a nice win, 89-84 at Northern Arizona. So it, you're, you're thinking on paper, uh, on that road trip, you think, oh, the Lady Grizzle will cruise past Northern Colorado, then they'll have a tough time against the defending champs in Flagstaff. And it says the other way around, they uh, handled UNC the first half, blew it in the second half, and uh, but then they get back on track. And now Lady Grizz have won 8 out of 9, and they're 11-4 overall. So a nice start to the season for the first half, at least, for the Lady Grizz. And then Montana State, they struggled last week, and they lost in Flagstaff, and then they lost in Greeley. Cats are playing great defense, but uh, they're still sort of trying to find their way. It's not only life after Darian White for MSU, but it's also the fact that they've just had so many injuries. Lexi Deaton out for the year. KJ Lamardo and Mara Dykstra have both been in and out of the lineup. Dylan Phillips has been out. She's uh she was supposed to be their starting point guard. She's been hurt. And uh then today they announced that Lindsay Hine, who's their uh, big six foot five center out of Forsyth, Montana. She's got a foot injury that's been lingering. And now it's uh it's a season ender. So two season ending injuries already, plus a whole bunch of girls that have been in and out of the lineup for Montana state. So uh, that's sort of the tail of the tape right now for the cats, but they have a competitive uh, despite all the injuries. We'll come back to uh, the uh, division one basketball teams from the state. Cause there is a rivalry doubleheader in Bozeman on Saturday. The, uh, Women go at two, and the men go at seven. Let's take a little prep hoops. It's our prep extra. Let's take a look at what went down across the classifications. First of all, we have a we have a contingent of of listeners up there in the northeast corner of the state, and it makes me so happy that they found us on SWX or they they stream us on on 102.9 ESPN.com. But they're always sending in results and and some of the the fun storylines from uh, across the state. Last week, we were talking about some Class C hoops and and the rankings. We were talking about Luster Christian, who uh, has been sort of this... They made a big splash in Class C basketball these last couple years as this sort of emerging academy. They played... Scobie. So, Luster Christian was number one in Class C last week. Scobie was number two. Well, Scobie remains undefeated. They take down Luster Christian 53-43. And so, Scoby's now the new number one in Class C boys basketball. So, uh, cool for Scobie. Uh, we'll, we'll keep following that story. Uh, Scobie's in that area, that northeast corner of the state. So, that's uh, that's pretty cool. But Scobie, Box Elder, and Luster Christian are all big-time contenders right now uh, in Class C. Uh, Box Elder, they're also off to a 9-0 start. And uh, the 406 MT Sports, they do their Athletes of the Month. Trayson Jylett was the uh, Athlete of the Month on the boys' side for Box Elder. He's averaging over 25 points per game. He's lighting up the scoreboard. And Box Elder, uh, an entertaining team that's getting up and down. So uh, a lot of fun basketball when it comes to uh, the Class C ranks. In Class A on the boys' side, Hamilton, they remained undefeated. They're ten and zero. They knocked off Dylan seventy to fifty five. Dylan was number three this last week. Um, so uh, nice southwestern a matchup, and the Bronx uh, take care of business. So uh, great group of, of athletes right there, right now there at uh, Hamilton High School. They've been great in football for for several years. I mean, more than several, uh, close to a decade. And the basketball team's been very good, and they're very very good right now. With the boys team uh, ranked number one. Class B, number one, Huntley Project, and number two, uh, excuse me, number one, Baker, and number two, uh, Huntley Project. They will play tonight. So that's one to watch. We'll give you the result of that one, but that should be uh, that should tell us a little bit more about the uh, the Class B ranks. In Class AA, boys, Kellen Harrison, the reigning Gatorade Player of the Year in football, he's also having a great year in basketball. He went nuts. 34 points for the Bozeman Hawks as they take down crosstown rival Bozeman Gallatin 77-75 in overtime so that was a big time result uh, in the AA boys ranks and the AA girls made another it was sort of crosstown these last couple weeks we'll have a crosstown here in Missoula on Friday um, but there's there's crosstowns in Bozeman last week and uh, also in Billings on the girls side uh A top-five matchup in Crosstown as Billings-Skyview and Billings-West squared off. Skyview, who was the state champions two years ago, they took down West, who was the state champion last year. The Falcons beat the Golden Bears 55-51. That's the Falcons' first triumph at the Golden Dome there at West High since 2006. So very impressive win. And Skyview, uh, they once again look like the team to beat They are off to a 7-0 start. Brianna Williams, the reigning Gatorade Player of the Year in girls basketball, on her way to Maryland. Uh, She's been awesome so far uh, the first half of her senior year, and she's certainly uh, one to watch. On that note, we mentioned it off the top, and we'll keep on mentioning it, our Class AA Spotlight. Class AA Spotlight will highlight various players and coaches from boys' and girls' basketball, leading up to the Class AA Tournament here in Missoula, March 7th through the 9th. Missoula has hosted some uh, state tournaments, especially recently. One of the things that prevented Missoula from hosting state high school basketball tournaments was forever and ever, the Big Sky Conference, the, the regular season champions, hosted the Big Sky Tournament. Well, if you've been to Dahlberg Arena, you know... I mean, the men's basketball teams hung 13 Big Sky Conference Championship banners and the women's basketball teams hung 25. So the for years and years and years, the Adams Center was booked because the Big Sky Tournament was in Missoula and sometimes it was the Big Sky Tournament times two. I mean, the last time the Big Sky Tournament was at a, a champion site, both the men's and women's Grizz teams won the league, so they hosted the, the men's and women's tournaments here in Missoula simultaneously. That happened several times. But so often, the Lady Grizz had the Adams Center booked during high school uh, tournament week, so Missoula couldn't really bid on it. Well, since the the, uh, Big Sky tournament went to a neutral site, I think eight years ago now, Missoula's been bidding on some tournaments. Uh, We got the Class A tournament uh, a couple years back. Dougie Peoples hit that walk-off buzzer beater for Butte Central to lift them to the title. But certainly, um, it'll be really cool to have the AA tournament here. And, And I love all the classifications of high school basketball. I actually don't think that there's that big of a difference. I think people perceive that the the bigger schools are better. I don't actually think that that's true. And some of the most entertaining basketball is played at the small school levels. A lot of times you see these groups of kids in these small communities that have played together, you know, they have like a core of 8 or 10 that have played together since they were, you know, in second grade. So they just have so much chemistry and so much continuity. It's just going to be cool, though, for the AA tournament to be here for a couple different reasons. First of all, it's going to be a great ability for us here in Missoula to showcase the Garden City, for us to show people what this community is all about. The other part, though, is the fact of the matter is there's three AA high schools here in Missoula, so that means there's six potential teams that could go to this tournament. That's going to be the thing that draws people off the streets. There were certainly Missoulians that love sports that were going to the class a or the class C tournaments when they were here in recent years. But you're telling me if there was, you know, Hellgate playing play in West or Sentinel play in Skyview or who knows, uh, Missoula versus Missoula matchup. I mean, that that's selling a lot of tickets. There's a lot of people that would go out to that. That would be pretty cool. And, uh, I think it will be cool. I think it's going to be awesome to see. So I hope people are excited about this. We are certainly excited about it here. So we'll be educating you as much as we can about the Class AA ranks uh, leading up to the Class AA tournaments uh, March 7th through the 9th again down there at the Adams Center. So that's coming up. Class AA spotlight a couple times a week here uh, on on Nuanas. Now we are also working on figuring out how we can put uh, at least the semifinals for the Boys and Girls tournaments and the championships right here on ESPN Radio. So stay tuned for that uh, as well. At the very least, we'll be doing this show from down there at uh, Dahlberg Arena on Thursday and Friday. And uh, you, you know we're going to be there for the tournament or for the championship games on Saturday. It doesn't matter of if we have a, a team on the call or not. But we're working on it. We're hoping for it. And just hopefully that can all come to fruition. So Class a Spotlights coming up a couple times a week here on Nuanas now. And that's a part of our Prep Extra. Here on ESPN Radio. Treasure State stars plus some free sandwiches. Tag Tuesday. Tag Larry Deli. Next. Keep it right here. 102.9 ESPN Missoula. One, two, three. What is now on ESPN Radio. How about this for a little authentic endorsement? I went to go get our first quarter's worth of gift cards from Tag Deli. We give them away every Tuesday here on Nuana's Now. We also give them away every Friday during Foodie Friday on the U. So you have a bunch of opportunities to win $25 gift cards to Tagliari Deli. But, of course, when I'm in there, what's an endorsement without an uh, authentic taste, right? So I got myself a little Zeppelin sandwich. There are so many things that are great about Tagliari sandwiches. They're consistently delicious. They're so unbelievably – the quality control is astounding. Like, the sandwich is money – In the bank every time. I don't know how they are so good at making the same sandwich the same way every time. Awesome. The other part is, though, these things are huge. I'm a hungry guy. I know that's shocking if you're watching on TV, but I I got a big appetite. Well, the the sandwiches are so big, it's two lunches for sure. So I, I saved my second half. I got lunch figured out for tomorrow as well. So a heck of a deal. The Zeppelin is what I got. It was a little roast beef, a little turkey, a little salami, some provolone, some balsamic onions, a little mustard vinaigrette. Mm, Just absolutely delicious. It's the sandwiches that keep you coming back for more, but they have all sorts of awesome uh, Italian-style goods there at Tagliari as well. Pastas, pasta sauces, olive oils. They even got some new Italian-style desserts and, and things of the like there. They got two locations now, one on the corner of Beckwith and Higgins, the other one there in the Sawmill District on the first floor of the Cognizant Building. Every Tuesday here on Nuanas Now, it's Tag Tuesday presented by Tagliari Deli. Call us right now, 406-888-1029. That's 888-1029. Call right now, call number four. We got a $25 gift card for you to Tagliari Delicatessen. Tag Tuesday every Tuesday here on Nuanas Now. Time for our Treasure State Stars, presented by Parkside Credit Union. Parkside Credit Union is a great place in western Montana to get a loan because Parkside Credit Union loves to say yes. Number one Treasure State star, Brianna Williams. She's the reigning Gatorade Player of the Year in girls basketball, a senior at Billings Skyview. She's headed to the uh, Big Ten. I almost said ACC because Maryland, still in my mind, is in the ACC. They should be. That's a different discussion for a different day, though. Maryland, uh, a power four for sure, a uh, basketball powerhouse, and uh, Brianna Williams is headed there. She is taking care of business right now, though, during her senior season there at Billings scavy She led the Falcons to a 55-51 win over uh, Billings West. The uh, Golden Bears, of course, are the defending AA champions. Williams scored 16 of her team's 19 points in the fourth quarter. And finished with 23 points as the Falcons stayed perfect. They're 7 0. West uh, is now 5 2. That was Billing Scavu's first win at the Golden Dome West Serena since 2006. PSA star number two. This was the highest boys' to- point total from over the weekend. Randon Richmond. He's a Shelby product. Uh, But he poured in 31 points. But Shelby lost a nail biter at number six, Fairfield, 68-66. Oftentimes, we try to pair great individual accomplishments with wins. But I mean, if you're taking the number six team in the Class B ranks down to the wire, almost getting there, and you had half your team's points, it's worth a mention, especially when you are the high scorer for boys basketball from the weekend. So, Randy Richmond of Shelby, our number two Treasure State star, Treasure State star number three. Anthony Shack from Billings Skyview. He had 27 points, and Skyview's boys beat number three Billings West 54-52. So that was a bit of an upset. Uh, Skyview's been—they um, were really, really good for uh, a long period of time. West Morales did a great job there at Skyview, and then they've been—they've uh, had a little bit of an overturn. They've been competitive, uh, but West has been very good. Uh, So that's a little bit of an upset. Unranked Skyview beating number three West, but maybe the Falcons are coming. So uh, that should be an interesting one uh, as well. Jersey State star number four, Taylor Chirik. She was one of three Roberts players that all scored uh, in 20 points or more. So that was the first time in Montana this year, boys or girls basketball, they've had three 20-point scorers on one team. That's how you score 96 points. Roberts had a 96-53 win over Plenty Coup. Roberts is now 10-1, but Taylor Chirik, she led the way. She is a uh, multi-sport athlete, one of the great athletes in the state of Montana. She was a star at Billings West as a sophomore, especially on the track. Uh, she's a great track and field performer. But then she moved to Roberts, and she's been just as good. She's been dominating the Class C ranks at uh, both in basketball and uh, in track. She's a senior now there at Roberts, and Chirik, who's headed to Montana State, she had 38 points. Uh, in Roberts' 96-53 win uh, over Plenty Q. So uh, pretty darn impressive. The other 20-point uh, scores for Roberts in that game, by the way, T.J. Chirik, who's Taylor's younger sister, she had 24 points. And then Lainey Holdbrook had 20. So uh, pretty darn impressive to have three different young ladies score 20 or more. That's how you have 96 points in a 32-minute uh, high school basketball game. say star number five, Hayden Stefanson from Columbus. Columbus is number 8 in Class B. They drilled Joliet 56-26. to 26, And Stefanson, he outscored Joliet by himself. He had 27 points. So one of the high point totals from over the weekend. Uh, definitely reputable. And then our Treasure State star number 6, not from the high school ranks, from the college ranks, it's Deshaun Thomas from the Grizz men's basketball team. Thomas, is he's a 6'9 stretch 4. He can step out and he can shoot it. The Grizz knew what they were getting in, in that element when they got him from Colorado State as a transfer. They knew he could be sort of a spot-up shooter that could knock down threes. Well, this young man has, has transformed his game. He's significantly more versatile. He's added a post-up. He can back, back you down a little bit. He can shoot the hook in the lane with both hands. He scored at a really high clip. He had 22 points in the first half alone on Saturday against Northern Arizona. But that's not why he's a Treasure State star. Deshaun Thomas for all of those great offensive compliments I just gave you, has been uh, hit and miss at best in terms of uh, protecting the paint and protecting the rim defensively. That's coming along. I'd say he's, he's an above-average guy when it comes to rotating in the middle and protecting the rim a little bit. The thing that has been uh, transcendent for him, though, has been his dedication to and his evolution as an elite rebounder. He's now working on a string of four straight double-doubles Part of this, and I thought it was actually great, Andrew, your analysis last week of how there's just more rebounds to be had for the Grizz because Josh Bannon's not swallowing up 8 to 12 a game. Travis DeCure said that same thing when we had him on on Thursday. He said, hey, you know, I think early on nobody knew how to rebound because we were just so used to Josh Bannon getting half of our rebounds. But now everybody's kind of stepping up. But Thomas has really risen his level of play, and now four straight double-doubles. If you can get a guy like that, who you you know what you're getting offensively, especially with three-point shooting, but if he can contribute at least adequately defensively, and more importantly, he can secure the stop by getting the rebound, that's a huge windfall for the Grizz, and it certainly will be, a if not the key to their success down the stretch.
1: Absolutely. Bunch more rebounds to go around, but you need somebody to grab them. And the stats here are really good. And, you know, Deshaun Thomas, he's an interesting player to watch coming in last year, dropping down from Colorado State. He's just, it, it, his game was tough for me to get a handle on uh, and appreciate. And he's sort of, I guess you would say, he's not the most ethical hooper. Like, if he catches it on the pick and pop, it's going up. But he's made a bunch of changes to his game. He's grabbing a bunch more rebounds this year. As you said, big strides on the defensive end. Uh, he's he's even passing the ball a little bit. And, and, I mean, the stats for Montana, Montana's second in the conference in rebounding margin this this year. And with Josh Bannon uh, out, you you would kind of question whether that would happen. And a lot of that's been more minutes for Lauluoke. Okay. A lot of it's been Deshaun Thomas taking over that role as well. It's been really good to see
0: from him. Nuwana's Now, ESPN Radio. It's our uh, Trader State Stars presented by Parkside Credit Union. Parkside Credit Union, a great place to get a loan in western Montana because Parkside Credit Union loves to say yes. Congratulations to our Tag Tuesday winner of some free Taglieri sandwiches. I guess you don't have to use it on sandwiches. You can get some olive oils or some cookies or, you know, some pasta, whatever you might like. But the sandwiches what keep you coming back for more every Tuesday here on Nuanas Now. I give you some free Taglieri deli. as part of... Tag Tuesday, Hour 1 in the Bucs, Hour 2 coming down the pipe. An old friend, Danny Sprinkle, former Montana State head men's basketball coach. He's coaching the number 16 team in the United States of America. They play at the Pit tonight, Utah State at New Mexico. We'll get the breakdown of that, but also we'll get the breakdown of just how hard his decision was to leave his alma mater to take over the Aggies. Plus, we'll hear from Danny Barsh. One of the uh, bright stars in all of Montana high school or excuse me, college sports. She was a great high school star as well. But one of the bright stars just in the Montana sporting landscape and uh, a fun gal to talk to. She'll help us preview the Lady Grizz game in Bozeman against Montana State. All that next. Keep it right here. You want us now, ESPN Radio.